Hello and welcome to the Drink In Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You're listening to episode 167, Game Boy. Actually, how did the commercial say it? Game Boy. Game Boy. That was more like Sega. Sega. That's true. Sega. So, Game Boy. Game Boy. <laughs> with, with your hosts, Dustin, and I have the nap in a hammock from Metazoa Brewing Company. Sath with the Hot Pilot from Daredevil Brewing Company. And Keith with Pink Elephants on Parade from Two Toms. <laughs> That's what happens when you turn on a game. Yep. <laughs> it just drops the little logo and it goes... Ding. That's true. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the episode 167, the Game Boy episode. Everybody had a Game Boy, yes? Oh, yes. Well, technically, no. My brother and sister both had one, so I got <laughs> a hand-me-down. Of course. <laughs> I bought my own after I destroyed my brother's. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I threw it out in the trash can because I was using it when he wasn't in his room and I heard him come up the stairs. Ooh. So I think I hid it in the trash can and he still blames me because we couldn't find it. And so I'm pretty wow. sure I didn't throw the whole thing out, but he had the original one, but I bought the game boy, not color, but uh pocket as I think. is. What oh yeah. 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 Uh, you guys saw that. I shared that picture with you. The mm-hmm. green one. That's what I bought. I remember buying that at Toys R Us back in the. Yeah. yeah I still got the original one. I no longer have them. I donated them to my cousins, um, just when I'm paring down and stuff, which makes me sad that I did that. But I had the original Game Boy, the the block, the cream colored block with the pink mm-hmm. and purple buttons, and then I had a Game Boy Color. So uh, when we were in the whole Pokemon phase, me, and my brother, uh, and my youngest brother got three Game Boys, and it was the teal blue one, the green one, and the see-through purpley one. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's, that's I remember that one. Yeah. Yep. And so then we had the three games. Uh, I had red, my brother had blue, and my youngest brother had uh, yellow. So it was like, kind of like a pair thing. We, we each got a Game Boy, we each got a game, and then we were able to play all of our other other Game Boy games in it. It was awesome. I think uh, I went straight from my hand-me-down Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance, like the original purple mm-hmm. one that was like uh-huh. oblong. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Goofy looking. Mm-hmm. I never had a Game Boy Advance. I think the fun for me stopped at Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't play it a ton, but I was just like, I need to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I got the Game Boy Advance adapter for my GameCube. Yeah. So I bought that for like 50 bucks so I could play a few Game Boy Advance games. And I think I only ended up playing like two of them. So mm-hmm. kind of a wasted investment, but. <laughs> um, so the North American release was July 31st, 1989, which we planned to have this out for the 30th anniversary that came and went. We didn't quite make it in yeah. time. We planned on recording it, but just things happened. The Game Boy is an 8-bit handheld game console developed and manufactured by Nintendo. It was released in Japan in April 21st, 89. 
then North America three months later, and lastly in Europe nearly a year later. Mm. So they kind of got screwed there. It was designed by the same team that developed the Gaming Watch and several uh, NES games. Satora Okada, Gunpei, Yokoi, and Nintendo Research and Development 1. Despite being technically inferior to its fourth-generation competitors, Sega's Game Gear, Atari's Lynx, and NEC's Turbo Express, the Game Boy received praise for its battery life and durability in its construction. It quickly outsold the competition, selling 1 million units in the U.S. within a few weeks, and the Game Boy and its successor, the Game Boy Color, have sold an estimated 118 million units worldwide. This is one of the most recognizable devices from the 80s, becoming a cultural icon in the years following its release. Several redesigns were released during the console's lifetime. Production of the Game Boy continued into the early 2000s and eventually stopped after release of its successor, the Game Boy Advance, in 2001. I actually remember having the little battery pack that you cl- clip on your belt. Uh-huh. It was like a little portable battery, rechargeable battery pack. It weighed like twice as much as the actual Game Boy. <laughs> so they had to invent a belt clip because <laughs> yes. it was impossible to carry both things. I think eventually they released a, a charger for it or like a plug, I think, on the side and you could just plug it into the yes. wall. I think I have that. Uh, I think I had one of those at one point, too. Because I just plug into the side of my bed, and I didn't have to worry Mm -hmm. about batteries. I just play all night. We mostly used ours on, like, road trips. Yep. A lot of Tetris was played. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's, like, the only game my parents ever played. I could ever talk. They would play me in uh, Tetris. Mm -hmm. And then, like, Wii Bowling. (laughs) Yep. That long later. (laughs) Uh, that That game for me was Paperboy. My mom would play oh, Paperboy yeah, with mm-hmm. me because that one wasn't that complicated. Just move left or right to move the biker and then yeah, the A a button of, hit the button. It was hard to beat, but it, there wasn't a lot of control options. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess that would be the fun for me. Uh, but before we have a list of games and a list of accessories, but before we do that, we're going to jump into our beers. Um, so start with my beer since I went last, last time. Sounds good. Um, I have the hop pilot. It's, um, continuing from our last episode, I went with a new England IPA. Mm -hmm. I kind of went off style from this episode, but only because of this can artwork is so cool. But before I get there, let me scroll up in the dock and read what it says. The Daredevil Hot Pilot is a New England IPA that showcases our love of aggressively hot beers made with cannon yeast and a blend of Idaho 7, Eldorado, and Citra for a soft, balanced, and dangerously drinkable and flavorful IPA with loads of citrus and tropical aroma and hop flavor. It's 6.5% ABV and 65 IBUs. And that is the Alakazam on our geek reference. <laughs> How fitting. How yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that they're both 65, but I wish they were 64. Nah. Um, so I sent you guys a picture of this artwork a little while back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of 8-bit things going on. I think it's the normal... You can barely see it, but it's like the liftoff guy in the background from their liftoff yeah. logo yeah i see that 
and it's got like eight bit hops and explosions and parachutes and uh, jets. Jets. There's a blimp, UFOs. Oh yeah, blimp on that side. Just uh, it reminds me of that 1977 game or something where you like it's an overhead war shooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like fly around in a little propeller plane. Very cool artwork. I love I love anything gaming themed. And so I figure like this eight bit style is fitting for the Game Boy episode, even though it's got more color than a typical Game Boy screen, which was like <laughs> monochrome green and green. black or something. <laughs> um I'm trying to smell it. It's a, a very fruit forward scent. Kind of like citrus, I guess. Uh, citrus and tropical aroma is what they say in the description. So yeah, that's definitely what I'm smelling. Um, the color, it's definitely got darker in my room, but it's similar to those hazy IPAs where you're drinking a few weeks ago. Maybe uh, I'm going to go with actually Scorpion. Nice. So that's a number four. Very light, hazy. Can't see through it too much at all. Not quite as creamy as the Indiana City one. And a little, um, um, I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't want to say watered down, but like a little lighter on the mouthfeel. If you guys yeah. understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. A little bit more thin. Mm-hmm. Definitely got a ton of flavor, though. So I'm not, I'm not saying watered down in that way. Just a little uh, less thick. As they said, dangerously drinkable. I'm yes. sure it goes down a lot. For sure. Yeah, like water. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get a lot of that fruity flavor. I don't know about 65 IBUs because it's way more drinkable than that. It It's hard to hard to say anything bad about it. If anybody has untapped pulled up, go into yeah. that. Out of 429 check-ins, that is a 4.07 ranking. And I only had one friend, Mr. Pecan Cul-de-Sac himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, a juicy, thin IPA. There's no creaminess to this but juice and hops. It's clean and crisp with a hoppy finish that's mildly bitter. Yeah, basically what I've said. It's not so creamy, yeah. but it it's definitely drinkable. And he gave it a four. Uh, I have a friend, James R., drinking it uh, at Hyde Park. Not sure where that is. Probably his house. Purchase it at Daredevil. This is one of the. This one gets bonus points for the artwork. Outstanding. Thanks for the birthday beer. Um, he gave it a four seventy five. Wow. Ooh, that's a, a big one. I think he he's like pale, and he rated it based on the artwork. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I have one friend also, Mick Beer, who I believe we may have met before. He gave it a four point two five, but he did not give us any uh, blurb about it. Mm-hmm. I'm about to check it in. Let's. I'm still thinking on my score. If you guys run across anybody else's you want to mention, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, someone Nathan is drinking this at a church meeting. Gave it a four. Um, Seth B. At the place gave it a yum. Uh, <laughs> a four. He so he had this. The 15th, right before they started shutting things down. Wow. Yeah. So just a lot of uh, pictures, no comments. The most recent one, I don't know if you saw that. Guy just checked it in 21. William B. checked it in 21 hours ago. 
said grabbed a few today, his go-to from Daredevil, and gave it a 4.75. Really high. His go-to? He just had it. What do you mean is his go-to? <laughs> My <laughs> go-to from Daredevil. He loves it. Love it. So I went with a four and a half, which is just a little bit higher than the last beer that I checked in because maybe because it's a little colder, a little fresher than the end of my glass the last time. But I don't know. It goes down. It's so easy. There's not a whole lot of bitterness to complain about. And I just love the fruit and hop flavors. So definitely worth a check out. Probably one of my favorite Daredevil beers so far. Nice. Your go-to. <laughs> My go-to. I'll, I'll try to save one for Dustin as well. Oh, sweet. All right. With that being said, we're going to talk about our go-to games hmm. on the Game Boy. So the, is this what? The list of the best-selling? Yep. Yeah. All right. So number one, without, uh, without fail and pretty obvious, Tetris. And I think that was packed in with every Game Boy you bought, so yeah. that has a lot to do with the game sale. Yeah. Well, does that count as game sale, or does that, I mean... I think that's the way they count it, because I think Wii Sports is the number one selling game for the Wii. Yeah, but, that's weird, because uh, you never bought that. Yeah, you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we could uh, just give that an asterisk. Say. Yeah, there we go. But it would be this is the actual number. Was it? It says thirty-five million in sales. That doesn't quite sound right, but uh, it was released June fourteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. So number two on. Actually, before we do that, uh, of course you bought it because you got the game. But did you play Tetris a lot? Yeah, it was probably my most played game. As I said, it was the only thing I could get my parents to play with me. Was that the North American release date in June? Because in Japan, be, Japan was released July. in April, so it couldn't have come out. I think it was packed in with the uh, American. The American bundle. That would make more sense. That makes a lot more sense, yeah. And I'm sure, like, the Wii had, like, the um, new Super Mario bundle or the... Uh, several different bundles over its life so i'm guessing there are different bundles with the game boy as well yeah that's possible yeah all right number two on the list which would be the one that i think would be up there on top uh and the fact that they wrote green in there makes it think that they're including the the japanese sales in here as well since green was never released for american this is the pokemon red and green and blue by game freak Released February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six, with thirty one million in sales. Hmm. Yeah, Pokemon was huge, and it's still—I can't believe it—but it's still a huge seller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pokemon Go was like the biggest game of four years ago, or whatever. Right. I think one of the the downfalls for Pokemon is the fact that they separate the games out by generation. Yeah. I feel like if you just put Pokemon game included everything, then it would just trump everything. You would have uh, 54, uh, 60, 68 million, uh, 74 million just on the top 10. You would have, mm-hmm. it would crush it. 
but I had the red. My brother had the blue. I always picked the Charmander because it was on the case. Yep. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> uh, my parents bought me all three red green or red yellow and blue and then i played yellow and blue and i was like these are the same game i don't need to open the red so i took that back and got like a mario uh, but yeah it's still my go-to game uh because i don't play it on the game Boy anymore i just have an emulator on my computer yeah and so it's definitely like my go-to game that was cool because you could like link up your game boys with people friends or whatever that had the game and like trade pokemon that way and some evolutions could only be via trade to get to unlock yeah. specific evolutions yep. with a few. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Gengar is one of them. And to get from Haunter to Gengar, you needed a trade. And then there was uh, Graveler. You couldn't get a Graveler. You mm-hmm. you were stuck with Geodude and then Gollum. And to... mm-hmm. Oh, no, you had Graveler. To get a Gollum, you needed a trade from a Graveler. Yeah. See? Nerd. Uh <laughs> Alakazam, you couldn't get Alakazam either. Yes, that was the other one. I knew there was one more. Yeah. I had a friend that already beat all of the games and collected everything. So he traded me like his high powered Pokemon when I was just starting out, so I could just like fly through the game. <laughs> Dominate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so me and my brother, what we would do is we would when we started over, we would have one as the the main uh, source and you would just like collect you know your main pokemon plus five raditas <laughs> and then the other game would start over and pick each of the other pokemon and then trade the radita for that main pokemon and so then yeah. we'd cycle through and then the first account would have two of the squirtles two of the charmanders two of the bulbasaurs and then the second account goes and gets three Raditas and then trades the Raditas for the th- three starting Pokemon or the two starting Pokemon, I guess, because, you know, you start with one. And so then by the end of it, uh, however many times the math is not right there, but however many times <laughs> we did it, you would end up with three and three. And then we would just play the game like that. And we would think about what we what else we needed, but we didn't need anything else. We had the starting three. It's almost like we need to do a Pokemon episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I already expelled oh, all my shit. Pokemon knowledge just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could go all day about it. How yeah, about I'm how not, about the I was t- never huge into it. How about the time when you can the EV evolutions, you can start a game off with six EVs. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I know the one that just well not just came out. I guess it's been two years for the Switch. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that just the original game and you start with either Pikachu or Eevee? I'm not sure. I know like there's one that's out now that's very popular and on the Switch, but I I don't know. I don't play them. Yeah, I, don't I, th- have, I do not have a Switch, so I, I can't comment. I think it is. I think the Eevee and Pikachu one came out two years ago. They said it's just a 3D version of the original game, so you can kind of relive. Yeah, I mean, I remember those, and then you, like it has like a little po- uh, Pokeball peripheral that yes, somehow a little Pokeball controller because you can mm-hmm. only use like one Joy-Con. Yeah, yeah, and you can throw the Pokeball, and it well, somehow connects to go it, <laughs> somehow connects to Go, and you could like trade Pokemon that way through the app. Yeah, 
Oh, Go back I'll to Game to, Boy. I'll check that Game out. Game Boy. Uh, number three. Yeah. Number three on the list. Shocking Ooh, is Golden. Pokemon. Yeah, Golden Silver <laughs> from Pokemon. Um, November twenty first, two thousand. Sorry, nineteen ninety nine. Right before the crisis of Y two K. Everybody was worried about losing their Pokemon in the. You better believe it. I was. I was right. <laughs> I was absolutely concerned about it. Um. I had the silver one. My brother had the I gold. I had gold. One. Yeah. The hoo hoo sapphire and ruby on this too, or that's that's advance. That's, that's advance. Yeah. Advance. Yeah. So you had fire. You had the fire red, blue. Uh, I don't know, bubbly blue, fucking whatever. Uh, emerald green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was the re-release on the advanced of the first three, and then came the ruby and sapphire and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I know that gold and silver, I think, was the first Pokemon release for Game Boy Color, mm-hmm. but it could still be used on the yeah, older Game on Boy, gold. which is why I bought gold because I didn't have a color, so I still used it on my other one. Yeah, and then I gave up on it because there's too many new Pokemon, and I could. Yeah, they came out like every year. It became too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think that this one was OG. I like the gold and silver one. I did not like anything after that, uh, yeah. but I, I'm good with these two generations of them. Uh, but I played the crap out of the silver one. It was my favorite. Uh, number four on the list, Super Mario Land. Uh, came out in uh, 1989, a little bit before the Tetris version, American-wise, uh, and sold 18 million is that copies or money i think it's copies 18 million copies yeah, yeah. they made 18 million i had millions. that i no longer have yeah i do not think i own this one i have uh, let me i'm gonna look it up real quick to see you can proceed in the list it's it's the very it's similar to the original mark it's very 8-bit style oh, and I'm... like at one point you were in a spaceship i remember that like towards the end of the game there's spaceship uh, yeah. and there's a pyramid. I think yes. there's like a whole Egypt level. Yeah, I did not play this. I remember the art, but I, I never played it. Wasn't it the no? That was the next one. The golden coins. Yeah, this that was just the Super one Mario that Wario was the bad guy in Wario. Golden coins. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who the bad guy was in Land. Actually, uh, I have it up, but it doesn't tell me who the protagonist is. And and that one. Instead of fire Mario, you're like throwing a rubber ball and it like bounces around weird. Yeah. Isn't that rabbit too? Where you got the rabbit the ears rabbit and I think you could fly. Coins one. Ah, I'm getting them off the ears. Yeah. To like float a little bit. It just says bosses and I don't really want to read this while we're, <laughs> we're doing that. All right. Number yeah. five, Pokemon Yeller. It looks like Pokemon's just taking the top. This is one where you're playing red and blue, but you have a stupid Pikachu following you. Yeah. It wanted to mimic the anime. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my brother had this one. My youngest brother had this one. We, Me and my brother, the older two, had the red and blue. And then when he started playing Pokemon and he wanted his own game, they bought him the yellow one. He absolutely loved it. Basically, yeah. three out of the top four, if we don't count Tentris, are Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, where would Game Boy be if Pokemon wasn't there? Mm-hmm. It'd be a flop, I think I'm sure. That's why Pokemon Go is so such a huge hit because all the people that grew up playing Game Boy Pokemon on the go, like yeah, yeah, now they're adults with phones and they want to play it. Absolutely, I mean that's why I did it. 
Uh, all right, this one's for Keith, number six, the Super Mario Land 2, six <laughs> golden coins. Yeah, this is the I've one... I've only talked about it so much. <laughs> yeah, it, I think this is the one you're thinking about. It had different worlds. There was like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, three little pigs were like a boss. There was like a witch yes. boss. Uh, Wario was the final boss. And I remember one level, there's just like everything is super huge and you're like just a little guy. And there's like a moon level. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Yeah. I can tell you for a fact, I did not play this one. I, I played a ton of this game. I think I have it sitting here right next to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pokemon was mine. I never got into the Mario on the Game Boy. That was only just strictly console. Yeah. So do you have it there with you? Yep. Sweet. Number seven on the list. Go figure. Pokemon. Pokemon Crystal, yeah, this one was part of the same realm release as uh, golden, pearl? Pearl gold, gold and silver, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So this is this was like a third edition, kind of like Pokemon Yellow, I think, and it had something a little bit different in it. Yeah, because this was at the end of the Game Boy life cycle in the year two thousand. Yeah. So this was like This is like the last big release, I think. For... Yeah. So it says right here the Game Boy of the, uh gameplay of Pokemon Silver or Crystal was the same as Silver and Gold, although there was a few changes. Uh it was the first Pokemon game to allow players to choose the sex of their character. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Cuz it was just Ash Ketchum and then they added the girl. Yep. Yeah. That was I remember how huge that was. Yeah. Uh, being able to change that because all the girls wanted to play Pokemon, but they were stuck playing boy characters, and yep. they kind of turned. Luckily, them off. all the Pokemon are female, just like all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. That's not that's not correct. The Nidorans, <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, they all have. I just made that yeah. up. <laughs> Pikachu, Life finds a way. <laughs> Pikachu is a female, though. All right. Uh, number eight on the list: Doctor Mario. Imagine that we literally just had an episode about that. Go mm-hmm. back to the last episode. We will not discuss it any further. Correct. <laughs> uh, number nine, Pokemon Pinball. God damn, Pokemon. I know, it's everywhere. Uh, this one, I think, had the Rumble Pack of some sort, I think, I think in you're one right. of the iterations. Because it was like a huge game mm-hmm. that would stick into the top, but it had like a battery pack or something in it, and it would shake. Definitely yeah. gave wrist injuries to multiple youths. Yes. Oh, that, that's what gave them the... Uh, I did not play that. I didn't have it. I don't... I know. I didn't either, but I remember like that big-ass thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll probably talk about it in the accessories later down the road. Maybe. Number 10, the Wario Land, Super Mario Land 3. So this is a spinoff of the Golden Coins one, because Golden Coins... Uh, officially introduced Wario and then he got his own spinoff in War, uh, Mario Land 3. Mm-hmm. I believe I played that, but it's super short, so it's not as exciting as you would want. Right. Yeah. Uh, number 11, Kirby's Dream Land, uh, 1992. Had 5 million copies. I remember this one, but I never played it. I I seriously lacked a lot of Game Boy games. I just, I mean, I had Pokemon. I definitely had that game, but 
it's not in my little stash I have here, so I don't know what happened to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I rem- if you go back 100 episodes, you can hear, I think it's episode 144, Pale and I talk about Kirby music. And if I have that episode number right, you all owe me a dollar. Um, okay, number 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to owe you a dollar, so... I'm just going to hope it's not there. All right. Super Mario Bros. I'm looking Deluxe. it up right now. <laughs> 1999. I do remember this one. Again, I yep. didn't own it, but I remember it was it was huge. It was a fun game. It didn't sell as much, but it was fun. Yep. So I played it at a friend's house, I think. Oh, it's episode 140, so I guess I Oh, you're know. close. Oh, you owe me the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> um... Did you have the Super Mario Bros. Deluxe? I don't I recall that game. Did not, but I remember playing it. I clicked the link and I saw the picture of the cartridge. It was clear. I remember the label. Um, but I think my friend had this one. I have played it. It's not ringing a bell, but I know I have played it because I've seen it before. Right? Is it like Mario uh, Superstar? Like where it ha- includes all the old games? What's Deluxe about it? Um, it's know. based simultaneous multiplayer, a challenge mode in which the player finds hidden objects and achieves a certain score in addition to normally completing the level. Eight additional worlds based on the main worlds of the Japanese 86 game, Mario 2, or the Lost Levels, as oh, it's called in America. Yeah, so it's like the first two games. Yeah, and it's compatible with Game Boy first Printer, which is weird. Wow, this is weird. So the... I don't know if that's accurate. I do remember that game, like the... Yeah. Like as you were saying, the the clear thing. Mm-hmm. So the the character, I'm I'm I have a looking at a thumbnail for it. The thumbnail looks like the Game Boy Mario, like if you have the fire suit on, but the graphics of the lands look like a much updated, like Super Mario Adventures, like Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, there it is. So it's I like Super it. Mario All Stars. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Super Nintendo had this pretty yeah. much same game, which I did have that version. Yeah, and so I think it's it's the same game, but for the Game Boy, so they named it differently. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's why I didn't get this, because it says only for Game Boy Color. It was yeah, not compatible backwards. That's why I couldn't mm-hmm. get it. My friend had a Game Boy Color. Yeah, so the, the land, it looked like it was from Super Mario Bros. 3. For the Super Nintendo, that's yeah. It, it looks vi- like the Mario from Super Mario Brothers one and the Land in three is kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very weird. I don't know. Let's. Yeah, I can't handle it. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, number thirteen, Legend of Zelda: The Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages. I did not own these, but I did play them. And it it was I mean it's it was two separate games, mm-hmm. but it was the same basic game. But you had to beat both of them to get to the final level and beat the final boss. Yeah, so it was just it was just a way to make you buy two games. Was yeah, it? this one I think was a port. Eventually, it ported over to the Game Boy Advance because it was in the so. transition. Because I'm looking at two different box arts here. One's from the Game Boy Advance. The other one is for Game Boy Color. Yeah, it got updated over time because it, yeah. it it came out so close to the end of the, like Game Boy's life cycle that yeah, 
Which is, you look at the sales, it's garbage. It's like they did a lot of Zelda games, actually. The Breath of the Wild is on Wii U and Switch, and mm-hmm. uh, Skyward is on Wii and Wii U. Yep, and Twilight so, yeah. Princess was on... That was two different platforms, wasn't it? I think it was on... Uh, in- uh, whatever GameCube and Wii or something. Yeah, I thought it was on GameCube too. A, a lot of Nintendo games were on both the GameCube and the Wii. It's like they just didn't want to give up on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. And uh, same thing with Wii. We, I mean, Wii U. All the Wii U games are now on Switch because it didn't sell well, so they kind of just uh, ported them all over and right. sold them again. They do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah, like I said, I'm lacking on Game Boy games. I should probably play those though. I do enjoy the Zelda games. So, number fourteen, I did have this one: Donkey Kong Land. This was like Donkey Kong Country, but like a slimmed down version. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I have Donkey Kong, which was like the original Donkey Kong mm-hmm. with the, updated the, levels. The original Mario. <laughs> Yeah, where you play as as Jumpman. Jumpman. (laughs) Go say Pauline. I did not have Donkey Kong Land, though. I have Donkey Kong Land 2, which was not on the top bestseller, but I do have that one. It's with Diddy Kong and Dixie. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. That's Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah. Everything on... It's weird, because Super Nintendo, everything was world or country, and then... Everything on Game Boy is land because it's a smaller version of this. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I had Donkey Kong Land because I remember the, again, the box art and the cartridge. I remember playing it at like Sears on like the. Yes. Thing where you could test games in the corner. <laughs> oh, I miss going to do that. That was fun. <laughs> and then number 15, last one on our list is Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Which I have on Switch. It was a super fun game. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have the new, the new one. Right? Uh, yeah, I have the new 3D, like fancy version of Link's so Awakening. Cool. It, yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Uh, the Link's Awakening on Game Boy is basically the light version of the original Zelda on uh, uh, NES. By the way, mm-hmm. it was super fun, super hard to play. Mm-hmm. I've never beat it. I don't think I would have beat it on Switch. I I had to use a lot of guides to mm-hmm. get through some of the temples because I'm like, I don't. This is impossible. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. where to go now. I've done every. I've tried everything. Right. It's it definitely is tough. Um, but yeah, no. I do you agree with this list? I mean, my personal take is we combine all the Pokemon's and bring more games into it. Yeah. We could probably have done a top 20 and just done like one Pokemon game. Yeah, just oh, yeah. combine them all over. Get rid of Tetris and just have this. Everyone has it, yeah. so we're good. <laughs> uh, but Pokemon definitely trumped the list, but it was, it's, I am surprised it's not listed as the number one played game because it most definitely is. Metroid 2 is a fantastic game. I'm going to look up something here. Uh, Keith can go with your beer while I do this sure. Google search. Beer I am drinking, I have to go find it, is Two Toms Pink Elephants on Parade. It is a cream ale, a fruited cream ale, 
says pink elephants on parade is a cream ale brewed in collaboration with girls pint out and on international women's day we took a yummy cream ale base beer and added pink guava and hibiscus flour to create a delicious crushable treat uh no ibus listed and coming in at four percent so very crushable at four percent uh the color on this one it's not quite pink it's more of an amber it's kind of a peachy color. color Well, you look at different pictures. Yeah, it depends on what... Those first two you look at on Untapped, it's more peachy because there's light behind it. But when you kind of hold it up just to the wall, it's got more of that darker amber. Oh, yeah, I see some of these other pictures. Yeah. So based upon me holding it up to the wall, I'm going to go with like either the duck hunt dog (laughs) or Epona's coat. I'd go with either one of those because you get in that range, it's about the same. Yeah, maybe a little more pink to it, but yeah, I yeah. Get what you're saying. There's a little bit more pink, but that, it's that darkness. Not, exactly. It's still dark enough <clears throat> uh, for that. Um, the smell is bizarre. I think that's the hibiscus. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of that smell because when I first poured this and took a whiff, I thought of shorts buckshakushioner. Oh, <laughs> is what came to mind. I'm like, oh god, no. It's gonna <laughs> Please, be a sour no shit it's what it smells like a sour beer but it has that floral type aroma and i'm like i don't know if i'm going to enjoy this or not but after taking a sip it's very smooth and it's very light and it's not overpowering because it's only four percent as they the description says very very crushable um yeah that's one of the lightest beers we've had mm-hmm. almost drinking it's, no duels it's an odd flavor. Um, it's hard to describe, but it's that hibiscus flower. I know it is because we've had different beers with yeah, that. I was trying to think. We I know we had one or two with hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one of the uh, beers that we had from Two Toms before they opened up as a brewery a hibiscus beer? It might have been. Uh, 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 like, yeah, I think that bomber might have been. Yeah, that we had. Mm-hmm. Is that or like a blackberry, <laughs> poisonberry? Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was definitely weird, like that. Um, the can, I know, I really didn't describe it, but it's very similar to um, the one we had a couple weeks ago. Is the can release happened at the same time? It's just a basic two toms background with like a black with the sticker. Two, on it. Yeah, and it just has a little sticker. It says "Pink Elephants on Parade." It's got like a. It's got, like a little fog or smoke behind it. Yeah, I mean it's a really cool label. It's just yeah. a, the basic two of two toms. Mm-hmm. I can tell by drinking it. It is. Um, it does have that cream base, so it's it's smooth. Um, and that pink guava, I think, it really helps to cut that hibiscus flower. So it's palatable. It's definitely crushable. I kind of just want to chug the whole thing and get rid of it. Um, <laughs> The it's cream not... ale with a little free flavor to it. I'm yeah. guessing that guava, the the fruity type flavor added to it, the flower just kind of rounds it all out. I mean, it's not terrible. I'll definitely drink it, but it would not be a go-to. And Pink Elephants on Parade is a Dumbo reference. I think so. Yes, from when he was, yeah, hallucinating. <laughs> 
Was he doing drugs? I forget the movie. I don't remember. I'm I'm sure back then yeah. they were. Yeah, it was definitely bubbles. I don't remember like how they got to the bubbles, but yeah. I I was looking up something the other day and I found pictures of uh, Mickey Mouse carrying a shotgun through like down his stairs. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Classic Disney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donald Duck dresses Hitler. Yep. No propaganda from back in the day. Uh, Dustin, did you find what you were Googling? Uh, yes, I did. Um, it says right here, the Game Boy's best games ever, which is a much better list than that one. So okay. I, I will Hold make on. mention of that when we get uh, yep. past this beer. Yeah. You never said what you were Googling, so I wasn't sure what you were looking Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there are only 13 ratings on this beer, a, on Untapped, I should mention, and mm-hmm. it's a 3.73 out of 5. I, would, I but, would agree with that, but yeah. it's not... It, it's different, and it's hard to describe. For it That's being the thing. Light. It's, it's almost a strange brew territory. Yeah, definitely. Um... I'm going to agree with that, and I'm going to go 3.75 uh, just because... I think that's totally fair. It's unique enough, I mean, that I'm ranking it a little bit higher. I'm not going to pour it out. I mean, it's definitely drinkable, and it's very light. This may be one I would slam, you know, after mowing the grass or something, being warm <laughs> outside. Right? With that 4%. Like, you could drink it very quickly, because, I mean, what? Like, Bud Light's 4.2% ABV. So it's it's a very light, light beer. How did we used to rank those strange brews? In your fridge or pour it out? Yeah. yeah. Definitely in the fridge. Definitely in the fridge. It's worth it's worth a taste. I think a lot of people may like the flavor because they like right. that hibiscus flower since it seems to be pretty popular. Yeah. I'm definitely interested in trying both of these girls' pine out beers mm-hmm. that yeah. they made. I am too. Makes me sad that we're under lockdown right now. Hmm. <laughs> A little jealous, but I mean, we've got these Indiana City be- Indi- yeah, yeah. Indiana City beers that were pretty fantastic. Yep, yeah. and I can't have those. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Uh, all right, so back to the games. We're gonna yeah, we're just gonna do list. like like a top ten real quick, quick uh, quickly. We're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna talk about uh, another cream ale. Uh, but we have number one. You mentioned this earlier, Donkey Kong. Just basic Donkey Kong? Just basic Donkey Kong, the game yeah. that you were referring, it, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, the first 10 levels are the 10 levels of Donkey Kong, and then it gets into like puzzly, out-of-control levels that led to the Mario versus Donkey Kong series that has populated over through Game Boy Advance to DS, and like, right. yeah, I think it's still going. Right. Uh, number two on this list uh, is not really a game, but it's the Game Boy Camera we'll get to that later yeah for sure it says is game boy camera a game well not in the purest sense uh but it's still an app i guess you can use uh number three they did this right they said pokemon the series so they don't have it stretched out they just put it all together which is how if i said pokemon the series that should be number one yeah based on this top 15 yeah. No. Yeah. First, for for sales. Yeah, but I think that there's a lot of more people who enjoyed the Donkey Kong stuff than they did uh, Pokemon. I guess I don't know. I, I believe number one should be Pokemon as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, the Wario Land series is listed on there. 
Yeah, there's more after three Super Mario World or Super Mario Land three. I think there's three more Mario Lands, right? Mm-hmm. Or Wario Lands. Yep. Uh, number five, the Link's Awakening. So the Zelda Fantastic. series has two faces: the rock solid genre defining adventures face, and the weird stuff. <laughs> So this is yeah. basically the original uh, NES complex game from this link, and then you have the uh, link to the past. But this is the like the original number six Tetris. Uh, we can't forget it. Um, so, but it's definitely not number one. So I'm glad it's number six. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Number seven, the Final Fantasy Legend series. Oh, I forgot Final Fantasy was on game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you really only think about it being on NES and Super mm-hmm. NES. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Kirby's Dreamland. Oh yeah, fantastic. Uh, number nine, Mario. So it says the Mario's Picross or the Picross series. So the picture crossword concept has become a mainstay in the Nintendo's <laughs> library. Uh, number ten, Super Mario Land series. Uh, let's see, eleven was Game Boy Gallery. Twelve was Balloon Kid. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, ti- the title only obliquely references the fact that this is a proper sequel to an expansion upon the NES black box classic Balloon Fight. Specifically, Balloon Kid takes the engrossing bonus mode Balloon Trip <laughs> and just flies around on a balloon. Uh, 13, Bionic Commando. 14, Mega Man 5. And then number 15, The Final Fantasy Adventure. Another game in the Legend of Zelda vein that isn't quite as good as the real Zelda, but who cares, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so. have Mega Man Two. How do you? Yeah, I was surprised. Mega Man 2. I'm surprised that they put Mega Man Five and not like Mega Man series, unless there's only, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm scrolling through it. Castlevania at 18, Metroid Two at 20. Yeah, that was fantastic. It's a direct sequel to the Metroid the nes and it was the first metroid i played and it's it's actually great yeah i think they remade it on 3ds or ds or something space Hmm. invaders kid dracula harvest moon uh a sword of hope uh and you know it goes on so I think that I think this was that is a much better list of popularity versus what actually sold just yeah. yeah I guess Based on fun. Sales. Yeah. Yeah. Based on what lived up and what's still relevant. Yep. Okay. So taking a break. And when we get back, we'll have uh, next uh, beer. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, so we're going to be uh, drinking, we, I mean me, uh, the Nap in a Hammock. It's a cream ale from Metazoa Brewing Company. I was able to buy this from a liquor store, so it is available. I got it for my my dad and my grandfather uh, for um, for Christmas, and then I bought some for myself because I realized I've never actually had it. So 
Uh, yeah, I bought it. I bought a four pack at the brewery one time, and it's like less than ten dollars for a four pack. Yeah, it's it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are. Uh, it is four point eight percent ABV, so it's very light. Seventeen IBUs or Hostile Seventeen. Apparently, it's some dude named Spike from Buffy. Yeah, if you watch, yeah. I'll eventually get to this season, season three, maybe. The some guys capture Spike and they refer to him as Hostile Seventeen through the season. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Ah, the nap, the mark of the unhurried. Those who revel in the most basic pleasures of life: a crisp, bright, fizzy brew, clean with a bit of malt character is all the restful creature need desire. The subtle sweetness of flaked corn adds interest, while the low bitterness makes this an easy drinking cream ale for an easy day. Smooth from the start to finish, sip leisurely from a tall glass, and enjoy with gusto. Or simply enjoy. The worst... Oh, sorry. The world is your hammock. Uh, Yeah, my banana hammock. What's up? (laughs) Uh, yep, so this is from Metazoa. We have it essentially down the road from Sun King in Indiana City, so it's all in that same vein. All on the same road, I believe. All in the same road. Basically. Yeah. Uh, college, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is a white can. It has a sloth on it. All of their can. All of their can. Not all of their cans. All of their cans. All of their cans have like the similar art style with like a sketched animal yep uh nap in the hammock uh, is on the can it's a cream ale um bright crisp easy to drink a bit of a malty sweetness smooth and clean from the start to finish as it says the brewmaster was john hall has a signature on it look at you i like how they have like the stats on the can yeah like, i do on, enjoy that on the back of it it has like bitterness malty and the color it's all like mapped out for you on like a it looks like a histogram like where it falls in a line it's like here's your mission yeah type yeah. Uh, report right mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely definitely enjoyable can uh the the beer itself also enjoyable it's more of like the i just mowed my yard i need something to drink and it's much better than any of the big three yep um the- definitely light and easy to drink it's like the sunlight cream ale yeah. Uh, Pichu Pale is the only color that would describe this. It's much lighter than the Pichu Pale. But, I mean, it's basically like a, a discolored water. <laughs> it's very light. What was the last word you said? Uh, Pichu Pale. Discolored. Oh, discolored. Oh, yeah, just, you cut out. Sorry, it, it, the, this, the rain storm just picked <laughs> back up. It's like a discolored water. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's very very light. There, it's much lighter than a peachy pale. But I mean, I that's all I have. Looks like um, champagne. Yeah, it really yeah, does. It's yeah, the champagne of beers. <laughs> champagne. <laughs> um, it has has that cream ale smell. So if you're used to sunlight or any other you know, cream ales that we've had on the show before, it's very corny uh, flavor you're, to you're it. Horny. I am corny. Uh, and then it tastes, I mean, it tastes, it tastes really good. Oh my God. That sounded fake. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So yeah, I've I've been drinking this entire episode, so it's almost gone, but it definitely has like that very smooth, but also like punch right in the mouth of the, 
of like that corn flavor. But it, it mean that punch in the mouth is just the flavor. It, it's not a problem. It doesn't hurt. It's just it's really smooth. Uh, it's definitely a uh, go out and mow my yard style of uh, of a beer. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. light and easy to drink. Yeah, and I think everyone else agrees on Untapped uh, out of. 4,000 total uh, check-ins, 4,600 to be, or I guess there's 3,500 ratings, uh, 3.51. This is my job. I know it is. (laughs) 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 Um, All right, let's see. I don't want to see that. Why is it showing me global activity? I want to see it for this beer, not all my friends, the things that they do. All right, um, so I have the beer man. I don't know who that is, but he's a friend of mine. He's drinking it there. Uh, or I guess he's drinking at the Nickel Plate District Amphitheater. Gave it a four. Uh, Chris Bowen uh, gave it a four. Chris Leland, Mr. Gone V6 himself, gave it a three. Pretty solid cream ale, white, and a little fruity almost, is what he says. Yeah. Uh, Susan. I've gotten a lot of new ads recently. Susan had it a four. No comments. Uh, Jesse Favor didn't rate it. He just checked it in. And then I have... Jesse Favor is from our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast. I can't remember which one. Okay. It hasn't, hasn't had a new episode in like two years. Yeah. And then uh, Tyler McCord, who it was with James R., who also a friend of mine. Get tagged in this one. He gave it a four. Said a sweet and smooth cream ale. Fisher's on tap. Um, a friend of mine named Scott F slept in a hammock at Hulaween, way up in the Sawani forest, out drinking with the bro tonight. Three and a half. I had one friend that you guys, I guess, aren't friends with, Matt Strobel. Nope. Mm. Uh, he purchased this one at Top Golf, and he gave it a three point, which 3. would what? be like, yeah, three point two five. Okay, it's a good Top Golf beer, I would imagine. Oh, I'm sure. Liked. Yeah, I've got Pete. I think this is the Speak Podcast, Pete. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, solid overall, more toward the end than expected. Nice bit of added complexity. Uh, three point seven five. Uh, I have not checked this in yet, so I'll go ahead. Uh, I think I'm one of your friends that checked it in. You do have it checked in. I didn't yes. read yours because I was going to have you do it. I'll read mine as well, or unless Keith wants to read it. Uh, sure, do Seth. It, do it. Do an impression of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have an impression of you. I, it's basically your voice. Yeah, I was going to say people get us confused all the time. So you said it's a very solid beer. Wish it had more hops, but that's just personal preference. At three point seven five is what you gave it. Yeah, I just basically want it to be an IPA. <laughs> yeah. All right, checked it in at... As far as cream ales go, I thought it was a good yeah. one. I gave it a three and a half. I also agree. Um, consensus. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like what could make this a little bit better was more of that flavor, that cream ale flavor. This one seems watered down. I, I hate using that term because it's not, but... It's very light on the taste. So uh, my but, check-in's from 2018, so it could be completely yeah. different. You also had you also had that in the actual brewery. Mm-hmm. 
because I believe I was with you when we did it. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, I bought the cans. I we oh, were together. Yeah. I bought the cans from the brewery. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. All right. To the Nintendo. Yeah, let's talk about some of these accessories. And oh my gosh, there's two everything. C's. It's accessory. Accessories. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, all right. So, uh, first we'll go uh, alternating round, round yeah. table. Who's going first? Start. I'll start. The uh, so basically. Nintendo decided they wanted to have like, I think these are all from Nintendo. They they want to do a branch out from just games, and one of the things they did was the Game Boy Pocket Sonar. Uh, it's made by Bandai and uses sonar to locate fish up to twenty meters, sixty-five feet underwater for the sport of fishing and contained a fishing mini game. It was released in Japan in ninety-eight. But also released internationally, it was the first sonar-enabled gaming accessory. Yeah. So I guess that my cool. wild my next question doesn't apply to this. None of us had this because it was never released. <laughs> yeah, they, but they were just doing. It was like um, iPhone apps. That, like they they wanted to do everything with this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. It goes to show the potential of that. It what it could really do. And now a lot of was... people use it in like um i don't want to say bands but like band like dj's use it to produce chiptune like music mm. yeah they'll use like the game boy and like they hacked it in a way hmm. that's cool i've seen it on youtube hmm. all right the game boy camera and printer were released in 1998 the camera can take Basic, often grainy, black and white digital images using the four-color palette of the Game Boy system. The printer utilizes heat-sensitive paper to, quote-unquote, burn saved images, making a hard copy. There are several mini-games built into the camera itself. A picture of a player's face is used as an avatar in the mini-games. Yes, I have one. It's kind of like the first picture. instance of uh, VR mm-hmm. in a way. Uh-huh. It's, fan- it's it's amazing. Head I mean, it was fun. I, I love the mini games that were in it. There's different things you could do, but it's just so neat that you could actually use it to take pictures. Because mm-hmm. it was, you know, the digital cameras were just coming out and they were pretty expensive. So this was just a neat way that you could, you know, take fun photos and you could add different stickers on yeah (laughs) um i i have the green one and the head actually rotates so you could turn it around instead of selfie mode you could Mm -hmm. turn it around and actually use it you know Hmm. in a different mode but it was neat i never had the printer because that was too expensive and i'm like what am i going to do with a printed black and white (laughs) photo but my photo tape onto your mirror it's like there's not much you can do with the printer but um it was still neat and like you said, ahead of its time. And I would consider it a game because it goes in the game cartridge slot. Um, well, all of these accessories essentially do. Yeah. So it was fun. I liked it. Which, uh, yeah, that's no, you. Sorry. No, yeah, I, 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 it was you. Yep. 
the next one that we have is the Super Game Boy, which is a plug-in cartridge for the Super NES that allows the Game Boy games to be played on a television screen. It was released in 94. The black and white games can be colorized by mapping colors to each of the four shades of gray, making up the Game Boy Colors palette. There are also special Super Game Boy labeled Game Boy games that contain custom palettes and borders that only show up when played on a Super Game Boy. I do remember that because we did own one. And I remember those special maps that would show up with the particular colors. And I want to say uh, Donkey Kong Land was the one that they had special maps for. I think a lot of the Nintendo uh, exclusive or whatever development Mm -hmm. Nintendo titles had special things that could work in Super Game Boy. And it was super beneficial for us when um, uh, Pokemon came out because my sister and I both had it and it was nice to actually play it on yeah. the big screen and not just on the little... That, your neck and one. your hands would hurt holding this Game Boy. It was, yeah. I, I preferred playing it on TV. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Um, the transfer pack was released in 99... It is a device that fits into the Nintendo 64 control. Unlike the Super Game Boy, the transfer pack can typically only be used for transferring Game Boy Color games to the uh, counterpart Nintendo 64 game. For example, players can transfer their characters from the Game Boy Color version of Mario Golf and Tennis to the Nintendo six, Nintendo the N64 <laughs> versions of the same titles in order to use in their Game Boy characters in a 3D environment. Though most transfer pack compatible games feature functionality like this, when the accessory is used in conjunction with Pokemon Stadium and Stadium 2, it does allow players to play Pokemon versions red, blue, yellow on the television screen in a way very reminiscent to the Super Game Boy. Additionally, Pokemon Stadium 2 allows players to play Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal on the television. I love the transfer pack because I, I, I bought Pokemon Stadium. So that was really cool to actually take my Pokemon I had in Pokemon Red and put them on 3D. So all their stats would transfer over and I could use them in, in a 3D world. Ugh, I remember buying Pokemon Stadium. I was going crazy for it. Um, yeah. And what was really cool about this is that I could play the Game Boy version, but I could speed it up to like three times the speed. So instead wow. of just walking very slowly, I could speed it up so I could quickly battle. I could travel faster. Um, and it really helped me go through the game a lot quicker. And whatever Pokemon I just caught, I could then flip back over to the 64 version and then transfer them, you know, and use them in the 3D world and battle. That's it so was, smart. It was awesome. For I never got Pokemon. Do that. I never got Stadium 2. I just had uh, original Pokemon Stadium. But it was fun. Very useful. Game Link Cable. I had one of these. And I, yeah, I had one. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Game Link Cable is used to link two or more systems in the Game Boy line of handhelds for multiplayer gaming, such as the Pokemon series could use the Game Link Cable to transfer data between Link cartridges, or you could battle them. That was always fun. Yes, that's definitely what we did. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much described this already when I said mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we would do the data link to get the 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 you trade po- Pokemon or yeah, get battle the... in treacherous. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, that's that's a, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not much to it. Not much else. Um, the Game Boy four-player adapter was designed to allow up to four players to play certain Game Boy games on the original Game Boy. Game Boy four-player adapter consists of a small gray hub with a single connector cable attached to connect to the first player's Game Boy. The second, third, and fourth players much each use their own game link cables to connect their Game Boys to each of the three link cable ports on the main hub. Yeah, this is crazy. You actually needed four game link <laughs> cables yeah. and this hub to uh, do four players. And there's like, what, three games that could actually utilize it? Exactly. <laughs> I knew somebody that had one, but not everybody had a game link cable yeah. to hook up to it. So it was kind of pointless. It's like $20 for the game link cable and $40 for the hub. So it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember sick, talking. Sick I, was, I remember talking to my mom about this. Uh, trying to get one, and she was like, I don't see the value in this. There's three of yeah. you playing on the Game Boy. What games do you have that do this? And we're, I forget what game it was, but we're like, this game, we can play this game. She's like, maybe, yeah, there's one. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but that's one game. And I was like, I don't I don't know what the problem here is. <laughs> we want to play this game together. Right. That's the end. <laughs> so we never got it. <laughs> But I see where she's going. Yeah, no, I know. I know she's coming from. Makes perfect sense now. As a kid, you don't realize it's like, I'm going to use this every day. No, you're going to use it like. No. Right. Okay. The Game Boy battery pack, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, it sold for $30. The battery peripheral itself is roughly three inches long, two inches wide, and a half inch thick. One in sprouts, a, a thin cable that. Uh, plugs into an external power jack on the Game Boy, while the other connects to a uh, standard main plug. The first version of it is gray with lettering to match the colors of the Game Boy. It also features a belt clip. The battery pack was good for several hours of gameplay per charge, providing alternative to using AA batteries, which would like last an hour in this thing. Mm-hmm. The product uses used a nickel key, cad, cadmium Cad- battery, <laughs> lasting about four to five hours per charge. Could be charged roughly a thousand times before it would lose effect it, uh, its effectiveness. Major drawback of the battery pack is its weight, as well as the way the plug stuck out prominently from the side of the Game Boy. Yeah, it was nice having something that could extend along life of the instead of having to change double a batteries every couple hours but mm-hmm. it was uh, not very functional because it was huge heavy and required another hand to hold it or you have to put it in your pocket or something yep it's a good idea but not very practical mm-hmm. at the time to make it more mobile, like now you yeah. have two things that weigh 18 pounds <laughs> instead of just one, because it's not like the original Game Boy with batteries and it was very light. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a blunt force of objects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's oh, basically a brick. Right. Mm-hmm. I did not have one. I couldn't justify the cost, I guess. Yeah, that's why I had the plug in the wall charger. Mm-hmm. But not really a charger, just AC adapter. Right. I had this battery pack that was plugged into the wall, so I had... <laughs> I could go like the extra six feet instead of three feet. 
<laughs> right. And we only ever played it essentially, other than Pokemon. We only really ever played the Game Boy on the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we never really needed to. I think we had a car adapter for a little while. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Last but not least, the Handy Boy. The Joy Plus Handy Boy is an official quote-unquote all-in-one accessory for the original Game Boy. It features two amplified external speakers that are positioned on each side of the screen. The Handy Boy adds a square magnifier, uh, which has simple light for for illumination. Uh, These parts can fold together for travel. Additionally, a thumb joystick can be clipped into the Game Boy with or without speakers and a magnifier made by STD. Well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) It's highly contagious. (laughs) Look up this thing on Google Images if you get a chance. It is the most ridiculous thing. I let me look. I think I had one. I cannot imagine lifting this thing after attaching all of it. Yeah. So I didn't have all of that. What I did have. um, Let me see if I can find a little light that yeah. Yes, I had the light. I had the yeah. light. Yeah. Yes, I had the light. I don't. That's a different accessory. This is yeah. ridiculous. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> so if you if you Google, I guess what I had was part of it. It was the. It wasn't by Meraki, but I guess Meraki is just one that you could look up. It was the Game Boy magnifier and lights. And so you were able to like play this at night and then be able yeah. to mm-hmm. see the game because the Game Boy didn't have uh, backlighting. Yep. So it, it's much different than the Game Boy Advance light because that one's ugly. But <laughs> I, oh, I found it. It's called the Light Boy. So if you look up Google or yes, sorry, Game Boy Light Boy, yeah, that's what I had. Yeah. That was the shit. But the Handy Boy, that's insane. That that is that is <laughs> unnecessary. Um, <laughs> just speakers, <laughs> yeah. and magnifying glass, and extra buttons. Oh my god! Ugh. Right, there was an accessory that's on that's not on here that probably isn't sanctioned. I had the Game Shark for the Game Boy. I, I had the Game Genie. Ah, uh, Game Genie. Actually, some of these games I have have the Game Genie codes taped to the back of them. Really? <laughs> that is awesome. I can get Infinity Lives in Man 2 if I still have my Game Genie somewhere. <laughs> I have the code right here. Yeah, I remember using the Game Sharks. DM me if you need that code. <laughs> Perfect. Alrighty. Well, I think that wraps us up, right? Yeah. yeah. Game Boy certainly was uh, revolutionary at the time. And oh, it's... man. It's kind of been Nintendo's MO ever since. I mean, look at the Nintendo Switch right now. Portability, yet still plug into a big screen. So from what it started at its roots, I mean, it's a combination of both now. Yeah, they like I think Nintendo's been ahead of the game in in terms of like evolving how we play games and Mm -hmm. everybody else like graphics wise. They're not on top of it, but as far as fun and playability i think nintendo has always been ahead of the yep Mm -hmm. for sure but we really didn't talk about like game boy advance and then yeah we'll have to get into those later this is 
just, just talking game about boy, game boy, boy and yeah. a little bit of game boy color but like we're getting game boy advance and eventually we'll get into ds maybe mm-hmm. where they killed the name game boy and just yeah. went to ds boom 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 yeah it is <laughs> powerful here it is pouring down right now <laughs> yeah it's a good day to stay inside and do some p casting mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what we're doing now because <laughs> i'm up for that bar right at this moment i do got to do that so <laughs> flying out and get to those restrooms absolutely uh next week mm, two weeks jedis jedis sure Sounds good. All right. So let's wrap this bad boy up and uh, put a bow on it. All right. Until next time. Drink up. Drink up. And, and geek, geek out. 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 We we got it that time. That was perfect. That was good. I like it. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> oh.